And welcome, everybody, to the Pac-Man Podcast. Prominent area conservative, I'm Ted Flint. Good to be along with you. There's a lot to report, a lot to talk about, as always. And as always, the media now is focused on President-elect Biden. They've certified him, evidently. Uh, He hasn't been officially certified as president-elect, but the media has crowned him. So I guess we're supposed to move on. You know, President Trump, he's like an afterthought. It's like he's persona non grata, never existed. They wish he never existed. But Donald Trump isn't going anywhere, as we've talked about. And we'll talk about it here in the next few minutes, for sure. There's, uh, you know, the fraud thing. uh, I don't know what A.G. Barr is looking for. He put out a statement, and the media's been been all over this. And it was like 25 paragraphs, but the media focused on the opening sentence, you know, the mainstream media, and then the closing sentence. Earlier this week, Barr told the AP that the U.S. attorneys and FBI agents have been working to follow up on specific complaints and information they've received, but to date we have not seen fraud on a scale that could have affected a different outcome in the election. Again, 25 paragraphs later, the closing sentence, but there's a growing tendency to use the criminal justice system as a sort of a default fix-all. Again, this is according to Barr, but first, there must be a basis to believe there is a crime to investigate. What more evidence does he want? I mean, come on, Georgia, Nevada, you know, ballot dumps in Michigan and Pennsylvania. I mean, I don't know what he's not looking at. I mean, he's a brilliant man, Bob Barr. And, you know, he was on the Trump train for, uh, he shouldn't, I mean, obviously he's the attorney general. He is under the president as far as authority. And he was loyal to the president during the Russia hoax. Maybe he used that whole episode to to build trust uh, to, to gain the president's confidence. I don't know. I can't say. But, I mean, and just in focus, we'll focus on Georgia again because that seems to be the, uh, the hot spot right now. Thousands of ballots are in audit. There are 250 open investigations in the state of Georgia alone. 300 people double voted, 70 felons voted, and these uh, these signature uh, audits, I mean they're uh, like 1.3 million signatures need to be reviewed. This is just in Georgia. But the media is disinterested for some reason. Gee, I can't imagine why. They're disinterested. Democratic Party, they don't care. They don't want to dig into the process. Let's focus on Georgia. The media and the uh, election observers were told to leave the room at the very same time. Voting stopped, and then they were ushered out. By whom? Who told them to leave? I mean, Georgia County... One Georgia county recertified its election results yesterday. Again, we record this on, uh, this is Saturday morning as I record this. This happened Friday. The Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger's office, debunked this video. Have you seen the video? I mean, it's pretty obvious to me. We don't know what was in the box or the boxes. But they appear to show, and I've seen the video, I'm sure many of you had have as well, but they appear to show illegal ballot counting without the supervisors. This is all captured on a video. There was a hidden camera. The Fulton County Board of Registration and Elections adjourned a meeting yesterday in which members voted to recertify the results of the presidential race in favor of Biden 
in a three to two voice vote. Much of the meeting focused on a video that went viral on Thursday, which political commentators claim showed Fulton County election officials illegally stuffing ballots, form of election fraud in which more ballots are counted than were cast by eligible voters in a specific location. And Bob Barr is looking for evidence. Where's the evidence? Well, here's some for you. So a senior source in Raffensperger's office, again, he's the AG, told Fox News the video has been investigated and claims it showed ballot fraud. And he said it's unfounded. He added that the Fulton County election officials had a designated observer at the location the entire time. We did, uh, maybe they did. Uh, it wasn't evident uh, on the video. So they're debunking all these, uh, these allegations that the, the ballots were stuffed in a pair of suitcases that were taken out from under desks. You know, these people were the, the election observers and the media were ushered out. Then you can see these one woman was taking out suitcases of, of uh, ballots. Now, what more evidence? I mean, it's shady. Maybe there was nothing to it. But it appeared, what's the appearance of impropriety? We're, we're supposed to uh, avoid that, the Bible tells us. I want to get to, I'm going to skip around here. Again, a lot of it focuses on Georgia. There's some stuff going on in Nevada. And you can get the source for all this stuff. And there's so many different places to get this information. You don't need it from me. But I mean, I'm just kind of reinforcing what's been out there. And uh, by the way, I just want to remind you that the, the margin of victory in Georgia alleged victory by Joe Biden, is only 12,000 votes. Now, let me just focus on another aspect of what's going on. Again, in the state of Georgia, there is evidence. I don't know what, you know, Bob Barr is the the attorney general, top lawman in the country. You want evidence? It's building. According to a brand new report coming from the Gateway Pundit, there has been another major discovery concerning corrupt ballots in the state of Georgia. If these ballots were flipped over to Trump, as they should be, in my view, it would give the state to the president. A voter group in the state has allegedly identified more than 40,000 votes that were cast in the presidential election that were actually illegal. Now, you might say, well, you know, things weren't done exactly as they should have been. It's not, it's a case of somebody not crossing their T's and dotting their I's. But I'll give you the particulars here. Mark Davis is president of Data Productions, and it's considered to be a top. He is considered to be a top expert in five different court cases concerning the election. Found forty thousand two hundred thirty-nine people who had moved from one county into another one more than thirty days before the election and voted in their old county. You might say, well, that's you know, at least they're from the state of Georgia, but that's against the law. The way the law is written. If you live in a county, you have to vote in that county. You have 30 days. So these individuals did not register their new address in time to vote in the new county. So this means, according to the law, that they cannot vote in either county until they register their new address. Again, 40,239 illegal votes. That's more than triple the margin of victory. So Biden's ahead by 12,000 or 12,500 votes. Just that incident alone is enough to swing the state of Georgia. And I forget how many uh, electoral votes there are, 12, maybe 16, I forget. And then you get Pennsylvania, which is an Pennsylvania is a mess. I'm telling you, uh, it's incredible what's going on in, uh, in some of these uh, states around the country. 
Now, there's pressure put on in Pennsylvania. The, the governor of Pennsylvania, is a, he's a flat-out Marxist, this guy, this wolf. He a Democrat, needless to say. And uh, he just before the election said he, he extended the voting deadline. The state law says that votes, uh, the uh, mail-in ballots have to be counted by 8 p.m. I don't have this report in front of me, but it, it's in the Western Journal if you're, if you're interested. And uh, at the, a few days before the election, he extended the deadline by f executive fiat. Now, if you want to change laws, and I work for the legislature in New York State, you, usually that has to go through the state legislature. But here in Pennsylvania, you have the governor, Tom Wolf, and the uh, secretary of state. I can't think of her name. Bru uh, I can't think of her name, but it doesn't matter. They're both Democrats. And there's some shady business in the days leading up to the election. They extended the, uh, the law. They changed the law. They extended the deadline for the uh, mail-in ballots to be counted. And, of course, election night, the president was head by several hundred thousand votes. They stopped counting. They extended the deadline, and all of a sudden, the next day, he's, he's down in Pennsylvania. So anyway, the, uh, there's a lot to talk about, not just in those two states. Let's focus on uh, races closer to home here in New York State, the 22nd Congressional District, which Claudia Tenney clearly uh, was ahead on election night. And the same kind of thing is going on. Now, I know Claudia Tenney very well. She was a member of the Assembly for... Over a decade, I think, 10, 12 years, maybe, I lose track of the years. She is a small business owner. She, her family owned a newspaper, maybe still does. She is a Marine mother. She has a son, maybe in his late 20s, I guess now. She's about my age, Claudia Tenney. She wouldn't want me to tell you that, but she's, a, she's roughly 59 or 60. And uh, she's hanging on to a 12-vote lead against Anthony Brindisi, a former, again, a former assemblyman in the race for the 22nd district. She was ahead by, th I forget how many thousands of votes on election night. And she's blaming the governor, our governor, Cuomo, for signing an executive order extending the deadline for mail-in ballots, much the way Tom, I think his first name is Tom Wolf, Wolf did in, uh, in Pennsylvania. Let's face it, I think that the, uh, the, this whole mail-in ballot thing is, was a scam from the get-go, using the fear of corona as a pretext to corrupt the mail-in process. That's what's happened here. But she's not celebrating. She's, I see her on, I'm friends with her on Facebook for what it's worth, uh, Claudia Tenney. But hundreds of absentee ballots are currently under review. And the lead is being cha uh, challenged in court at, at every possible turn. Tenney's lead over Brindisi. He was ahead by 12 or 13 votes. Can you imagine? Tens of thousands of votes cast in, in an election and, and 12 votes separate the two. I mean, he won barely by a few thousand votes two years ago. But I think the left is trying to do to Claudia Tenney what they did to the president and what they're trying to do in the two Senate races in Georgia. They're trying to steal the election. There is a coup d'etat underway across this country. Some have referred to it as an insurrection. There was a three-star general who wrote a piece for World Net Daily last week, and I, I don't have it in front of me, but he said he, he's looking, he's asking the president to take extreme measures. There is an insurrection. Well, how do you put down an insurrection? Like you call in the military. He thinks the National Guard should be called in and the president should declare martial law. Now, a lot of conservatives think that's going a little bit too far. Michael Flynn, former National Security Advisor, whom the president pardoned recently, he believes the same thing. I think Flynn read, read the same piece by this General McInerney. 
the president should declare martial law, have the, do the election over, because it's, it was crooked from the get-go. And it's not President Trump and the Republicans, by the way, who are guilty of an insurrection. I mean, the president has got to do everything he can in his power, as his oath declares. He has to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States by any and all means necessary. We are a nation of laws. The Constitution is our law. So there's a petition. That's what Flynn is trying to pass a petition, which was published earlier this week by this group, We the People. And it asserts that there is no peaceful way left to preserve our union now that Biden and the Democrats have underhandedly stolen the election. And I believe they have stolen it. And for Barr to say, well, you know, there have been some individual cases of fraud, possibly or uh, voting irregularities, but not enough to change the outcome of the election. And the media keeps parroting that that line. It's it's, I've heard it like dozens of times. And I don't frankly, to be honest with you, I uh, haven't really watched TV news since I won't say since the election, but in the last two or three weeks, I'm boycotting the major network news broadcast because there's nothing really, there's not, there's no news. It's all agenda-driven. It's a Democratic Party's agenda delivered by the mainstream media. I believe there is a coup d'etat underway. I mean, you had during the election, the weeks, days, weeks, and months leading up to the election, you had Antifa, you had Black Lives Matter, some of these left-wing groups, frankly, who are communist groups. Many of these people in the groups are communists. The, the, uh, the organizers and the leaders of those groups are communists. They said, basically, if you don't elect the, the, the guy we want, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, they're just using Biden. You don't elect our people, we're going to burn down your cities like we did in Seattle and Portland and cities all across America. Either you vote for Biden. If you vote for Trump, if Trump gets reelected, we're going to just tear up this country. Well, that's not acceptable. We should send in the military. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm for the president instituting martial law, but I'm telling you, you just cannot let this go unanswered. You just can't let it happen. We, I mean, if you have half the country believing their votes don't count, then you, you destroy the, uh, the integrity of the election process, and our, and our republic cannot move forward if that's the case. And, you know, as far as Pelosi goes, there's... There are reports that say that she may not be <laughs> leading the House of Representatives for too much longer. And I'll, I'll give you a, an example as to what this what wrangles me as a conservative. With all that's going on in the country, with the presidential election still up in the air, some congressional races yet to be decided, and uh, you know the COVID nineteen. With the media, it's just COVID nineteen and nothing else. It's like President Trump doesn't exist. He he delivered a forty five minute speech the other day talking about some of the election fraud. None of the major network uh, newscasts in the evening carried it. None of them. But back to Pelosi. According to CNS News, Pelosi says she agrees with the Biden plan to order schools to let transgenders play on girls' teams and also to use their locker rooms. Now, with all that's happening in the country, this is what Pelosi and Biden and these liberal idiots focus on. Letting transgenders, males basically, play on girls' Uh, sports teams. It's crazy. Can you imagine Mr. and Mrs. America, you know, across the, the flyover states at the dinner table saying, you know, could you hear the, just the husband saying, you know, Marge, I'd like to see these transgenders be able to play on girls' basketball teams, high school basketball teams. Wouldn't you? Isn't that, wouldn't that be great? Nobody cares about that. 
Nobody's talking about that that kind of thing. I mean, it's all just the left wing. They get control of the uh, the House and the Senate. They hope to get control of the Senate, and they push their agenda on the rest of America. I care about pocketbook uh, pocketbook issues. I want to make sure I have enough money uh, to feed my family, to keep a roof over our heads, to save for their futures. I got two girls. One girl is going to college next year. That's what's important to me. Maintaining a, a, at least a standard of living where I can provide adequately for my family. People don't care about transgenders on girls' basketball teams. Do you care about that? I could care less. Well, before I go, let me just, uh, I, I can't believe we're out of time. If you're thinking of starting a podcast, there is no better time than right now to start one. Maybe you've been thinking about it for weeks, months, maybe longer, but you're just not sure how to get started. Well, listen, Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and the best way to launch a podcast. Not only that, but Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform. You'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your show, tools to promote your episodes, and a whole bunch more. So why not join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout? I'm one of them. Get your message out to the world and do it today. All you have to do is follow the link in the show notes and get started right now. Plus, if you sign up for a paid plan, they'll give you a $20 Amazon gift card. You can't lose. Again, just follow the link in the show notes so that Buzzsprout knows that I sent you. Buzzsprout, the easiest and best way to start a podcast. Thanks very much, folks, for listening to this podcast, Prominent Area Conservative. I'm Ted Flint, and uh, if the Lord wills it, we'll do it again real soon. Take care. The Pac-Man Podcast was recorded by Ted Flint, produced and edited by Ken Burns, music by Kevin McLeod. Be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.